0: Welcome to the 46th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Antner. How you doing, Roger? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So it's still earnings season. This week, we're going to talk about T-Mobile and Comcast. And I think we really got some interesting answers to some of the questions that we had last week in terms of you know what was still waiting to come. So let's start with T-Mobile. They also grew. So I think one of the things that we were curious about was the extent to which everybody in the wireless industry can be a winner. And it seems to be that that's the case, right? So T-Mobile grew by 1.3 million postpaid net ads, 627,000 of which were postpaid phone, right? They had 1.09% postpaid churn and 0.87% postpaid phone churn, which is a little bit less or not as good as... ATT and Verizon, but still very respectable. The thing that really struck me, though, is that their prepaid churn was very, very low as well. So prepaid came in at 2.62% churn. Finally, the other kind of account level metric I thought was really impressive was that they, for the first time in a number of quarters, meaningfully grew their account relationships. So for a while, they'd been growing lines, but not accounts. And this last quarter, they grew by 349,000 accounts quarter over quarter.
1: Well, everybody's a winner besides track phone, right? (laughs) So I think it highlights one of the things. So where's this growth coming from? Right. And a lot of that growth is coming from prepaid, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because the magic line printing machine uh, from Free Lines, I think, largely stopped this quarter. And we still had really, really strong numbers.
0: Right. So T-Mobile moved 190,000 lines from prepaid to postpaid this quarter. It's something they do pretty quick consistently. They they said it was up quite a bit. But when we looked back at the numbers last quarter, it was 170,000. But it's still a meaningful number,
1: right? Yeah, it's a meaningful number. I was impressed by their account growth, right? And if you divide account growth... By lines, it's like 1.78 lines per account. That's what you roughly would expect in terms of population growth or the consistency of the U.S. population in terms of how many people per household. But I thought what was really interesting is like AT&T beat them in both prepaid phone and postpaid phone net ads, right? Who would have thought that a year ago? I'm sure the folks in Dallas and in El Segundo where their communications group sits, you know, they, they were popping champagne bottles over beating the, the perennial and consistent winner, you know, in, in phone net ads. T-Mobile still won in overall net ads, but a lot of that is Apple Watches and, and the alike.
0: Although, to be fair, I think Mike Stewart did kind of dig at some of the folks, and, and I think we, we, you and I are among these people that had kind of criticized some of the free line activity in prior quarters. He did mention that you know, ARPA was up, and ARPU was not down substantially at all, despite the fact you know, that they, they grew all these accounts, right? So,
1: Oh, yeah, no, no. T-Mobile had a really, really good quarter. Really, really good quarter, no doubt about it and they have consistently really really good quarters and what we do here is is nitpicking around in a really really good performance no doubt about it and in all fairness right but i think it's rather boring you know to run around high-fiving everything because you can just listen to the t-mobile earnings call and they have high-fiving all around and you know i don't think people come here Listen to listen to to congratulatory things, but but for a critical look, and I think we give other companies a critical look too, and I think we should hold winners to higher standards than losers, right? So
0: they did get drop a couple data points that I thought were really interesting regarding some of their initiatives, right? So a uh, couple of things they've been really focusing on last couple quarters from a growth objective perspective, is, is they're built out in rural America. So they mentioned that one-third of their account growth, which was, you know, again, 349,000 new accounts this quarter over last quarter, they said one-third of that was coming from rural areas, right? And, and they also mentioned that they're, they've they said that they had lower teen penetration rates in rural markets. This time around they said 13%. So they're, they're getting more specific about their rural aspirations and how well they're doing. So, you know, one-third of 349 works out to be roughly about 150,000 accounts, net new accounts from rural markets, which I think is good.
1: Yeah, up from a quarter. So they're a, a third up from a quarter. Good job, right? But they, they continuously talk about this like, oh, we win all these rewards for, for being most favored and all of these things winners are talking about numbers right not like i won this award but with pc mag good job congratulations very proud of you but show me the money show me the money show me the number of subscribers right right that's where the rubber <laughs> hits the road and as long as they talk about how many wonderful awards for being nice they have I'm like, okay, apparently you have nothing else to talk about. Apparently you don't trust your story. Because the moment they put down a number, they have to consistently show the progress. Otherwise, if they stop reporting the number, you know it's going downhill. And that's the same thing with every other carrier, right? For example, when at and for a while was reporting digital life subscribers, right? Oh, it's growing. It's the future, blah, blah, blah. And then they stopped reporting. And that's when you knew that, you know, the future wasn't what it was supposed to be. Then they, for all intents and purposes, shut it down.
0: Well, that, that's that's all fair and good. but I, I do think it's worth something that they, they did call out. Something you could back into fairly easily in terms of what they were getting from rural markets, which is more than they've done in the past. So, like you, I am eagerly looking forward to when they decide, or if they decide to split out rural expansion markets from you know their their more core urban areas. But I think this was a good good guidepost, at least for
1: now. Yeah, it's baby steps, right? Right, it's baby right. steps, and for somebody who is so wonderfully enthusiastic. I expected more numbers.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. So another stealthy drop of some numbers that they they kind of brought out on the business side, they said they beat Verizon business net ads in churn this quarter. Now, they they didn't specify if they were talking about overall business churn or phone churn, but the overall Verizon business net ad number was 178,000 this last quarter, Overall churn was 1.3%, phone churn was 1.07%. So by any measure, particularly given their lack of penetration inside the enterprise space up until now, I think that's good progress. And I think it also answers some of our questions around why business seemed to be a little bit light from Verizon and AT&T this last time around as well.
1: Oh, yeah, it was inevitable that once T-Mobile concentrates on enterprise, that they would make an impact, no doubt about it. But their business base is so embryonic that I would expect no churn, right? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. when the cable companies got into wireless, we analyze them and don't talk about, like, all the analysis that we do. But, like, for the first year or year and a half, our assumption was, like, zero churn, right? Because nobody leaves when you just signed up. They give them or if they leave immediately they're, they're being netted out. So I would expect the growth would, would really suppress the the, the the churn figure. So yeah. Good job, but it's kind of what you expect when you when you get into a new market. No churn, right. So the
0: other the other thing I thought was interesting, and after this we can move on to Comcast, but the, the other thing I thought was interesting was the extent to which they raised guidance, right? So they raised guidance across a number of different metrics. One of the things they raised too was they were expecting 5 to 5.3 million net ads for the year. Now up from, I believe it was like 4.6 or 4.5 before. What's interesting about that is I do kind of feel like there's a lot of events in the second half of the year where typically you see more switching, et cetera. But that, that seemed relatively aggressive to me. I'm curious to hear your thoughts in terms of whether or not raising net ad guidance made, made sense to you, given given what we've seen from retention offers, other folks in the in the
1: market. Well, it, it, it's very confident of them. T-Mobile historically, and and I don't think this this is breaking this time around has always beat their their guidance because they're sandbagging the number, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't blame them for it. They get a lot more rewarding rewards from from Wall Street for beating a little bit lower numbers that they know that they can blow away. And so when when I see T-Mobile raising their guidance, they don't do this haphazardly. They are really, really confident that they can beat these numbers. And I'm, I'm impressed that they have so much confidence. And they're very, very rational players, right? They spin the story very well, but execution is, is really, really excellent. And this quarter, they did everything that we criticized them for in the past. They corrected. You know, we criticized them for... for you know free lines and that that it's revenue growth and all of these things and it's as if they listen to us and and say like okay we'll prove you guys wrong we can do it different too and they did it and you have to hand it to them right yep it
0: was definitely a very impressive quarter and i'm really intrigued to see what the second half of the year looks like right so We've got back to school coming up. There's obviously going to be an iPhone launch here, and Q, probably Q3 this year, unlike Q4 of last year. So that'll kind of make Q3 a little bit more interesting. And then, as you know, back holiday season is by far the largest quarter in wireless every year. So given what we've seen from the first two quarters, particularly from T-Mobile, but from the industry as a whole, I'm excited to see what what everybody's going to come up with for the second half of the year.
1: Yeah and and as long as the economy is is really moving quite strongly forward it looks like the story is is continuing to to be a happy one for for everybody around.
0: So speaking of which Comcast also announced so they don't announce nearly as many details about their wireless business since it's not really their core business but they did have a couple things you can either back into or, or numbers they explicitly release. So they now have 3.3 uh, million subscribers and they added 280,000 subscribers this last quarter. Uh, when you kind of back into what we think their churn might look like, that you get somewhere close to around half a million gross ads over that time period. So I thought it was impressive and, you know, uh, continued momentum. It's, it's almost identical to what they reported Last quarter, they got 278,000 net ads. But it it seems like, you know, at least from what we've seen, cable is kind of straight line growth continues, right, within wireless. And and Comcast, I think, is further evidence of that.
1: Yeah, and and this growth came with the new family-style plans that they introduced, right? So they're all rounding out their offer to be, you know, more and more, like a straight competitive product because Comcast realized that it's tapping out the one and two line market. They needed three and four lines and that's why they launched that new plan. And the numbers panned out for them, right?
0: Well, and realistically they should want those three and four line accounts too, because as you know, a churn tends to be lower than the larger amount of lines you have. Right. So from an economic perspective, it makes more sense to try to go out and poach those larger accounts, even if you've got a lower ARPU associated with that.
1: Uh, Absolutely. But, and it shows how, how Comcast's mobile group is, is growing up, right? You know, at the same time, the, the ARPU for these guys, you know, is still a little bit challenging, right? They are undercutting everybody on price you can still have like five lines for 15 bucks if you don't use any data.
0: Yeah, that's fair. But you know, I mean, the other thing Comcast did announce that that I didn't mention was that, you know, their adjusted EBITDA was up quite a bit as well. So they're now up to $68 million worth of EBITDA and wireless across those 3.3 million accounts. So last quarter they announced that they were profitable in the wireless segment.
1: Yeah, they, they are growing into profitability. LTs that also reported and had a spectacular 5,000-line <laughs> growth, right, it is the example that shows you when, when you want to be profitable too early in this game. Right. And, and, and I'm looking forward to, to Comcast, you know, building their own offload network. They, they have done a lot of that already spectacularly with Wi-Fi. And now they're also going to do this in uh, CPRS and, and 600. You know, that that should really help them with cost because they're probably going to build out the best markets and the most densely populated area with, with their own network and leave rural America and, and the more expensive to cover areas to Verizon, right? And when we look, by the way, we, we can also go back to T-Mobile to talk about Dish, right? And who knows who won here hundred dollars that we talk about it at the very end.
0: Right. Yeah. So the first first two questions actually on after the quarterly earnings call from the analysts were both about Dish to T-Mobile. I thought they sounded fairly defensive in terms of you know what what they basically
1: had said was that. I didn't want to have the customers and the money anyway, right? I'm better. Right. Off it was kind of kind them. of like a
0: Jedi mind trick
1: where they were saying, Oh well,
0: you know, if we lose the disc customer wholesale customers then we'll have more capacity for our own customers, which is which is true, but I think it's, you know, diametrically opposed to I think the viewpoints you've heard from AT&T
1: and Verizon, which is to say... And it's diametrically opposed to what T-Mobile said like a year ago of we're going to be the best and easiest and, and cheapest MVNO host in the country because we have so much capacity. We don't know what to do with it, but give it to MVNOs. Then they say this quarter in the footnotes that the increase in service revenue, in the increase in wholesale revenue, is due to Dish, right? Right. Well, the other the other thing that they they mentioned
0: for for folks keeping score at home, uh, is that they said that the I believe is the full year revenue coming in from Dish was less than two billion dollars today. Yes. So you could back into. I think that's higher they had mentioned that there were some some estimates out there around 2.5 billion dollars and they're saying that today full year is is less than 2
1: well if if you look at t- dish's numbers their cost of service is like 550 or so a quarter shrinking right yeah so but you know it, it, a friend of mine called it you know the golden t- that that AT&T handed dish the golden ticket by extending the wholesale relationship for another six years, which allows DISH to to build out beyond the coverage build-out uh, build requirement a lot more slowly and and have less of a cost crunch when they're scaling up. And that's certainly true. at and when they said that, oh, we, we think that DISH will succeed, they kind of made it a... a self-fulfilling prophecy but you know if if you really believe that dish would have succeeded by itself anyway it's rational but it's a really long-term deal where the, the odds of of dish succeeding go up dramatically
0: yeah well i think what's interesting is you know I, I know you've you've long been a skeptic of the mvno kind of business model but now we've got you know in Comcast, Charter, Dish, and Altice, they all have, you know, roaming, they're all MVNOs, you know, and, and with the exception of Altice, if you can manage to have an MVNO but also build out your own network and, you know, harness ownership economics in the dense urban areas where it makes sense and where you're going to have capacity constraints, then maybe
1: being an MVNO is is not so bad. You just lean back on your your roaming partners. Right, it's being a hybrid MVNO. It's like you have owner economics where it is advantageous to build the network and you have MVNO economics where it is not that profitable to build a, a network or where your payback is in the 10, 20 year range, right? So in a way, Comcast, Charter, uh, Lt and Dish found a way to have the cake and eat it too at the same time. So you have to admire that, right? Mm-hmm. It, it will be interesting. but we, we see it with the with the cable guys it takes a while to, to grow into scale and where, where it becomes profitable. but overall when you are a, a pure play MVNO, it's a really good business model you know to be not too successful. Because as an MVNO, you have low fixed costs and high variable costs. And that lend you in, in, a, in a sweet spot in the, you know, probably less than 10 million customers, which for a lot of MVNOs is, is, is huge. The only one that is larger is TrackPhone. And we see the profit margins there. They're in the 6% range, EBITDA profit margin. Whereas being an MB, MNO, a, a network operator, they're in the 40s. A small difference, right?
0: <laughs> Would you rather have $6 or $40, Roger? Yeah. I,
1: well, whereas... You know, the wireless industry for the first, you know, 15 years of its existence bled money left and right. The reason why why we have all these metrics in wireless like subscriber growth, churn, you know, all of these things is because for, you know, the first third of its existence, all the wireless industry wanted to talk about but profitability because there wasn't one. Oh, we gained... You know, two hundred thousand customers again and our losses doubled. Right? Now the industry has become positively profitable.
0: And and flush with growth, right? So with the exception of so far so far track phone, right? Yeah. So we still have US cellular addition charter to go.
1: Yeah, and but US cellular has has its struggles, right? But I don't think u.s cellular makes a huge impact on on adding or losing customers right the the industry is it gained this this year year to date you know about 40 percent of the size of of u.s cellular just to put it in in context
0: yep all right well i think that's all we have time for this week we'll talk to you next week i'm looking forward to it thanks roger